Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Hello and welcome in to a special delayed edition of the Maize and Brew Michigan Football Postgame Podcast. I am your host here, Anthony Broom from Maize and Brew. A little bit of a remote episode for me. I was not in Ann Arbor on Saturday. I was, I'm in the South. Well, technically the South, but Louisville doesn't really feel like the South. A little bit of a road game for me. Had a prior engagement in uh, in Kentucky. So, watched the game uh, from a bar yesterday instead of my normal spot up in the press box. But uh, Michigan wins. Michigan beats Rutgers 20-13. to It <laughs> It wasn't quite as stressful as last year's game was, right? Michigan roars out to a 20-3 to lead at the half, and you're feeling pretty good about that. I, I thought the first half was... I'll stop short of calling it terrific, but exactly what you would have expected to see from a team that was installed as a 20-and-a-half-point favorite heading into this game. And then second half comes around, and everything stops. It three. I think they went three and out in their first four possessions. They missed a field goal. Listen, I. it's so weird to say this, and I tweeted this out on Sunday morning, that we are four weeks into this Michigan season. And I cannot tell you if this is a going to be a really good football team or not. I think they're good. 4-0 is good. They won two games last year. They had four before the calendar flips to October. I mean, on the base, that's progress. The biggest question that I've had about this team is how are they going to react when someone counterpunches or doesn't back down? Because I think... It's tough for me to even get it. Like, let's just, let's talk about that second half, right? 
Uh, I think that second half reminded me of two things. One, it was a lot like the Army game a couple years ago in that you just kind of go in there, find a way. It's not your best day. You find a way to, to eke out a win, and you move on. You stay undefeated. But there were aspects of it that reminded me of a lot of things we saw last year in that when you were forced to go off schedule, you know, this is a team that wants to run the football. When you're forced to go off schedule, Michigan is like dead set and Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh and whoever's involved in the game planning, whatever it is, calling the game, they are obsessed with, we know we can do this. Our guys have executed it. We're going to let them keep trying it. They don't zig when other teams zag. That's a concern for me. And I told you that that was going to be a concern. I don't know if a lesson has been learned there. Now, to their credit, this they didn't run the ball 50 times. I think it was like 32, whatever. I don't have the stat sheet right in front of me. Good preparedness, man. Good job. When they did pass the ball, when things were humming in the first half, because they were, they went on a seven and a half minute drive to start the game. You know, death by a thousand paper cuts. I don't, that approach doesn't worry me at all. Taking a long way down there, taking a lot of time off the clock. The quick passing game, I liked what I saw in the first half. The slants, the ball was coming out quick. Make a read, the RPO stuff. It looked pretty good. But there were some, th- I mean, there were a couple throws early on where, like, ah, Caden, you know, you had to. Had to have that one. And there were a decent amount of plays like that in the second half. Now, I'll say this. Didn't turn the ball over. You get kudos for that, Cade McNamara. But that's two of four games so far where there have been throws left on the field. There have been, it just seems like they could be, I'm not calling for a quarterback change. They're leaving some stuff on the field. And we've seen that in two of the four games now. And that's where it goes from being a question to me to being a bit of a concern. Now, I I did not spend, this was probably the first Michigan game in five years that I was not intently on Twitter gauging social media because I'm sure it was a hellscape. I know you guys. So, which I might keep it that way, honestly, because I feel a little, I feel a little more measured this morning as I sit down and record this. I'm not ready to panic yet. We're not panicking yet. Uh, Rutgers came in, and I said this would be the case, and, and I, I picked Michigan to cover, but I told I said all week, this isn't, this isn't a Chris Ash Rutgers team. They are coming to Ann Arbor on Saturday to try and win a football game. And when you're Michigan, you're always going to take, you're going to always get someone's best shot. And I didn't think Rutgers did anything spectacular, but they, they hung tough, and they had, they had a couple chances. I actually thought uh, there were some, there was some boneheaded coaching things that prevented them from uh, having a chance to do something on Saturday. I'm not ready to panic, but I said a couple weeks ago, if some of these things that we have questions about don't start to get answered as more games get played, that's like I said, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I know Wisconsin got their their brains beaten in the other day, yesterday I should say, but can, 
am I ready to pick Michigan to go into Mad- Madison and win a football game? I'm not. I have to see it. Michigan's running game and defense put three really good games on film in non-conference play, and I think that that's still there for the. I mean, the defense was was. Those guys were so gassed on Saturday, and I know they were kind of getting nickeled and dimed by the uh, the Rutgers offense as well. But again, that's where it reminded me of last year, and that those guys just had to be. They were on the field the entire second half. If this is going to be a good football team, the offense must lead the way. And they checked out after halftime. That was disappointing. And this is a... I'm not worried about like the mindset of the group. But there is... When, when Historically speaking, when things get a little shaky, we start to see some different bad things happen. This is where, this is the ultimate test moving forward of what Michigan's culture is. Now, was yes, was Saturday uh, an eye-opening concern? Was it something that people should be worried about? Their play will determine that moving forward. They go out, they go to Madison next week and beat Wisconsin. We won't even remember this game. We, we will, because we all have long memories. But I... I'm not concerned yet. I am. I guess I'm a little more. I'm a little hungrier for answers. There, there are things I'm not sure that we know yet about them. Like I said, this isn't going to be a team that ever goes out and run, runs the air raid. It's a West Coast quick passing RPO type of offense. And, and when that stuff was working on Saturday, I thought it looked great. But when someone pushes back, you have to adjust. Enough with the. You know, we have confidence in our guys. That's why we call the plays we do. You have to put them in positions to succeed. And Cade, Cade has to make a couple of those throws. I mean, this is a game that could have been, you know, one or two of those throws are different. You win by two touchdowns or more, right? We'll see. Like, like I said, for me, it's tough for me to really go back and analyze this one without watching what happened. But what I saw was a Michigan team that – uh that checked out after halftime. And credit to the defense. Those guys were so tired. David Ojabo, Junior Colson make a play at the end of the game. I know things are different, and I know that the staff is different and players are different, but this is this is year seven now, right? There's a lot of guys in that building who have still been around for a while. Now, every every good team has a couple games in a season where they go through something like this. The problem is we don't know if this is a good team or not because... The only thing that matters now is what comes next. So, like I said, I'm not, I'm not panicking. I'm frustrated by what we saw Saturday, and part of it may be because I'm a little, I was a little more detached from this game than I than I typically am. But I don't think, I don't feel any different about this team than I did coming into the year except I picked them to lose to Washington. So to me, this is still an 8-9 or nine win football team until I see something different. I can't pick them to beat Wisconsin next week. I, I, don't, I don't have the confidence in that. I'd be lying to you. I'd be selling you a bill of goods if I thought that they would go there. You know, Like I said, I know Wisconsin hasn't looked good, but they're going to be hungry. 
And Michigan, Michigan bled a little bit on Saturday. So can you stop the bleeding or does the wound get ripped back open? Time will tell. And, and guess what? Everyone a month ago, we thought that Nebraska game would be a pushover. When, when we see that they lose to Illinois, guess what? That team is going to be ready for a fight in two weeks. So playtime is over. It, it, it's all business here. I'm going to read a couple of reactions from Twitter. Like I said, I'm not going to go along with this one. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it more in depth on the Brewcast on Monday. I'm going to come back, read a couple of your guys' reactions, and we'll get out of here. So be back in a moment here on the Maze and Brew Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back here on the Maze and Brew podcast. I'm going to read a couple tweets, a couple reactions, and then get out of here. Quicker episode. I want a little more time to digest this one before I just come on here and yell about the sky falling. So... This one's from Ian. He says, Roman touched it once. Where was A.J. Henning? The play calling was odd. All those playmakers, and again, they don't touch the ball. Yeah, Michigan says that they're not going to fall in love with their stuff, but they stuck to they stuck to the run, and that's been the concern all along. What's going to happen when, when someone else doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't back down from a fight? Lee Brandon says, I'm more confident the defense can make adjustments in the game more so than the offense. You can only get stuffed running up the middle before you realize it's not going to work. Uh, Jeff Koenig, uh, how much do you attribute Josh Ross's absence to the second half blows? That's certainly part of it, but Josh Ross doesn't play quarterback. Josh Ross doesn't uh, call the plays. Um, That defense was gassed. Offense has to help those guys out. It's a three-phase game. They missed a field goal, too. Football is a symbiotic three-phase game. Have to have to get the job done. So, I mean, Ross, I'm sure that's part of it, but you can't let losing one guy have you fall apart. That's not that's not an improved culture. That's not a things are different here type of mentality. Uh, this is from Standard Paint. It says keep things in perspective. The team is four zero. Played three and a half games of very good football, and the trip to Madison is very winnable. How many people had this team at four zero? After four weeks, having never trailed this season to date. I think that's a good point. This is a very winnable game uh, on Saturday against against Wisconsin. They uh, Wisconsin is, is vulnerable. This is If you're going to snap that 20-year streak where you haven't won there, this is the time to do it. I'm totally with you. One bad half of football doesn't really make a season. It's just a matter of what comes. I know people hate. We want to... We want our pound of flesh, right? Everyone wants their to get their takes in now, and their take is a definitive take. No, I'm. that's not how I do it. Let's see what comes next. I'm concerned for sure, but we'll see. Uh, Brandon Duffy in or out on Gaddis. Uh, it's for me, I think he kind of is what he is at this point. I'm not, uh, I won't bash the guy. I think when things work, they work well, but got to adjust. Just have to adjust. Uh, we'll get out of here on this one. This is from Justin Spiro. He says, have you transitioned from they haven't needed to throw, so who cares to? Oh, man, I have concerns when the schedule juices up. Yeah, that's more or less my whole... <laughs> that's more or less it, Justin. 
after two games and and a bad kind of showing through the air in the Washington game, I wasn't that concerned. But yeah, four games now. Like I said, they're not throwing a ball a ton, which makes the margin of error so much smaller when you don't throw a ton and you miss a throw. I don't know if it's a quarterback controversy time yet, but I mean, you, you, if you can't make those, what, what are we doing here, right? So we'll see. I think Kate, I'm not out on Kate yet. Well, that's a quick episode for me, but again, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, We'll be doing something a little more in-depth when I'm back in town on Monday. We'll do the brewcast with uh, myself, Luke Giardi. We'll see if Steven Osentowski is around. But you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Uh, Follow the podcast wherever you get your shows. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Maze and Brew is on all of your uh, your, uh, social media apps. That'll do it for me. Michigan wins 20-13, moves to 4-0 on the year. We'll see. Uh, good, good test of their resolve. They were able to get out with a win. That's the that's that's good. We don't need to apologize for that. But lordy, lordy, it's going to be a long week. We'll talk to you soon.